Sad news today that former Wallabies captain and ex-Sydney Lord Mayor Sir Nicholas Shahidi has died aged 92. On the line now is former Wallabies coach and a great friend of the Shahidi family and, of course, 2GB broadcaster extraordinaire Alan Jones. Good afternoon, Alan Jones. Hello, Miranda. How are you? Very well. Now, this is sad news, isn't it? Tell us about the Nicholas Shahidi that you knew. Well, he's a giant one of the very great Australians. Um, you know, I think the modern world doesn't understand the circumstances in which people like Nick Shahady achieved his greatness. I mean, as a rugby player, um, he played for Randwick, and I know you're the mother of a rugby player, so you'd understand this. I mean, he played first game for Randwick at 15 years of age. He, he first played for New South Wales, I think, when he would have only been a couple of years old. Mind you, this was during the war, of course, and the, the resources, the rugby resources were decimated. And then he became, you know, on the 47-48, he was one of the few people that ever made two tours of the British Isles. And he was in that extraordinary team, 47-48. And in fact, he captained Australia in a test against South Africa. Um, you know, he played 30 tests for Australia. He played, he was the first Australian player ever to play for Australia over 100 times. He played 114 times for Australia, if you count tests and other matches. Incredible. And, yeah, look, it is incredible. And Nick would be the first person to say, look, I wasn't the greatest rugby player at all. But, but the thing about Nick was that he translated the attitudes and values and the discipline of rugby into the world beyond rugby. And so in rugby terms, he became president of New South Wales Rugby and he became the president of the Australian Rugby Union. And he was the president when I was coaching. He was a magnificent human being. He... He didn't interfere. He was very supportive. He was very enthusiastic. And, of course, he was the architect of the, of the World Cup. And um, I'll I, I tell one story of the formation of the World Cup. And basically, if Nick was listening to me talk to you, he'd laugh when I said that no one had any idea what they were doing. They wanted a World Cup. They knew about soccer and all that sort of stuff. But this was a whole new world. What do you do? And I was coaching the Wallabies on the 86 tour of New Zealand. And we'd just beaten the All Blacks in the first test at Eden Park. And I went back to my hotel room because it had been a hot, steamy day to just change. And the phone rang. And I thought, who the hell could be ringing me at this hour? And it was Nick, the president of the Australian Rugby Union. we just won a test against the All Blacks, which was rare. didn't happen. But he didn't say congratulations or anything. And he said, have you got a minute? And I said, yes, got a minute. Uh, he said, I've got to ring you, we've got trouble. What's the problem? Well, he said, you know this World Cup thing, <laughs> the way he said it? Well, he said, they've just, they've just raised an issue here today, which I've never heard of. And they talked about that. He said, the marketing rights are being held for all of this by a company, and the rights were signed off in England. And we've met with these people today. And they said they wanted a clean ground. And he said, I didn't know what it was. And, of course, I, I had no idea what a clean ground meant. And he said, so we went out to the Sydney Cricket Ground. They started pointing the scoreboard, and it had advertising on it. And they pointed all the hoardings around the ground. It had advertising on it. And they said, we can't, have a, we can't have a Rugby World Cup here. You've got all this advertising. You have to take it down. And Nick said, well, I told them we can't take the scoreboard down. They said, oh, well, you can't have the World Cup here. So suddenly we had the Rugby World Cup and nowhere to play it. <laughs> and Nick was ringing me to say, what do you think? And I said, well, where else do we go? And there was nowhere to go but Concord Oval. So we had to rebuild Concord Oval. And these were all 
you know, amazing decisions that had to be made. Mm. And in fact, the city of Sydney was the same. I mean, we got into trouble and the council was sacked by the Griner government. Nick was brought back as the administrator of Sydney. And then, you know, he was, he was along 23 years as a, as a member of the Sydney Cricket Ground Trust. And from, you know, to 1990 to 2001, he was a magnificent chairman at a time when we were rebuilding. And, of course, again, the Olympic Games. And, and I mean, this is a major, major issue, the Olympic Games, because suddenly we were going to build a stadium out at Homebush, but they were seeking to confer to unit holders at Homebush the kind of benefits that were already being enjoyed at what was then the Sydney Football Stadium and the Sydney Cricket Ground. And I remember being, we were up all night with Michael Knight, the Olympics uh, boss minister, and Nick and I, we were the two people deputed by the trust to deal with this, to try and find out how we could minister to the entitlements of the members at Moore Park and at the same time get a stadium built at Homebush. And this took hours and hours of initiative. And there was this calm, deliberative, gentlemanly way he went about things he had unyielding respect from everybody. And, of course, then when Mari became governor, he just said, well, Mari's been by my side all the way through. They were married for, I don't know, 60-something years, and she's been there when I was captaining Australia, or she was there when I played for Australia, she was there when I was Lord Mayor, she did everything, and now I've got to support her. So he gave up all those duties, which most probably wasn't a sensible thing to do because he was compulsively active and suddenly had taken out of all that activity. He often felt a bit of lost and lonely with nothing really to do to challenge him. But he maintained his interest in all those things. That he, and he was chairman of SBS. I mean, he was everywhere. His father was a, was a, a, a priest, uh, the first of the Lebanese priests in Australia. And, of course, as you said, he, he was the husband of the wonderful Dame Marie Bashir, the former New South Wales governor. Yeah, first female governor. Years. That's right, 61 years of marriage. Well, thank you so much for your wonderful memories of Sir Nicholas Shahidi, Alan Jones. He was My a truly pleasure. great Australian. Sad day, Miranda, sad day. News doesn't have to be boring. The Brits have given Prince Harry a new nickname after yet another tell-all interview. Oh, God, is it the ginger winder? <laughs> <laughs> Let the team at news.com.au get you up to speed each day with their podcast from the newsroom. A couple were busted joining the Mile High Club. Well, I guess they can't fly Virgin anymore. <laughs> Politics, sport, red carpets, royals. Get all the goss in just a few minutes. Follow from the newsroom wherever you get your podcast from.